We should all know the power of peace. Our words can cause joy to increase. Language is a powerful tool. Judging others favorably is a good rule. Okay, so on today's podcast, I will be talking about Shmerda uh, Lashon, again in the, the Sefer Shmerda Lashon, and continuing on in the first part of the Sefer called Shar Hazachiria. Um, Shar Hazachiria. And uh, beginning with chapter and uh, Perak Yud, uh, the tenth, the tenth chapter. So uh, the Chavetz Chaim begins by saying that you know there's an incredible amount of merit that comes when a person guards uh, when a person guards their mouth, and speech happens to be really the most precious tool that was given that God gave to humanity. And as I've spoken before, what really makes a person a human? It's his speech. It's the way that a person can talk. That what's that's what separates humans from animals is their ability. Fundamentally, is their ability to speak. <laughs> you know, other animals can communicate in certain ways, but our ability to to speak, especially our ability to say, you know, prayers, tefillos, and um, blessings, and learn Torah, etc., is only a an ability that uh, humans have. Now, as I just said, so Torah and tefillah, those are ultimately. You know, when you learn Torah or when you pray, you use your mouth to speak it. So your mouth has just this imp- incredible, unbelievable power. Um, and in fact, speech throughout uh, Chazal, Chavetz um, Chaim explains that Chazal calls speech an umanus, uh, a, a tool, a way that, uh, you know, that ultimately it's a tool for either good or bad. So the Chavetz Chaim explains that tools are essential in creating beautiful objects. That um, the Chavetz Chaim says that you can have, you know, a king, the king's craftsman, who is extraordinarily talented, but if he uses bad tools, ultimately he's going to make defective products. So, so too for us that we have this unbelievable tool in speech, but if we corrupt our speech by speaking lush and horror, um, then ultimately, you know, that speech is not going to be as efficacious when we come to try to praise Hashem or learn Torah or do things that are productive with our speech, that that when we use that same mouth, those same those same lips and, and tongue to to speak uh Lush and Hora, it's not going to be effective or as effective when we try to speak good things. Um and uh the Chavetz Chaim explains the tremendous power of words, that words can create basically defense attorneys for us um, for, you know, our sins, that if we use words in a positive way, that it can create sort of this, this great, uh, and powerful resource, um, you know, for us and, and defense kind of our defense attorneys for the sins that we've done. Now, the Chavetz Chaim explains that the degree of holiness, um, from, that can emanate from our mouths, from our words is dependent on a couple things. One is the preparation that goes into each mitzvah, that it's very important to prepare for each mitzvah before you do it. And the more preparation you do, the more ready you are for it, the more meaningful and powerful that mitzvah is going to be. Secondly, the Chavetz Chaim explains, is what tools are you using? Um, if you're using tools that are for good, then ultimately, um, you know, what you use for good will be a productive um if you use your mouth, you know, if you use your mouth for good words and don't speak Lashon Hora with it, then that's going to be productive. Now, if um, the mouth is used for good and and productive things, then the tefillah, the, the davening that we do, 
praying that we do is going to be accepted. Um, however, if Lashon Hara is spoken, there will be no Kedusha in the mouth, no holiness in the mouth, and our, our the mitzvahs that we do with our mouth won't be as effective or as efficacious. Now, um, there's a certain mushal, a certain uh, simile here that, so a, a servant of a king is serving the king, let's say, in filthy clothing. So that king would be you know, furious at this servant for serving him in filthy clothing. And so too, a mouth that speaks Lashon Hora is going to be kind of not respected um, by Hashem because Hashem knows what, why are you serving me in dirty clothing, so to speak. And Hashem's version of dirty clothing is a mouth that speaks Lashon Hora. Um, now, the Kohen Gadol's me'il, um, which is his robe, is compared to speech. And why? Because, or you know, it's the sort of the ideal version of speech. Why? Because the me'il was only used for the avoda, was only used for the service in the temple. And so, too, the mouth should only be used for avoda, should only be used for good things. In fact, in the Yerushalmi in Brachos, um, it says that... Uh, it would that just how nice it would be to have two mouths, one mouth for tefillah and one mouth for whole purposes, one mouth for saying, you know, can you pass the the mustard over there or something, and one mouth for praying to God. That we yet we use the same mouth for both purposes. But to, but um, the Chavetz Chaim says that Kovachomer from this, if you want two separate mouths just for speaking, one speaking tefillah and two and another one for speaking just normal things. You certainly think about how bad it would be to use that same mouth for bad things for lush and horror. Now in Kohelet, which we'll actually be reading soon, it says "Mi Yachal Latakin Asher Ivto," which means "Who can fix what was made crooked?" Why do we talk about this? Because unlike human things that can be repaired, normally a person, you know, uh, does some damage to their car. Okay, you can, you know, repair that damage to the car. However, the Chavetz Chaim explains that Hashem's gifts, like the mouth can never be totally fixed, can never be totally healed. That if a person speaks Lashon Hora, that has sort of a tremendous and long-lasting impact on the, what they, the power that they can do with their mouth. Now, if a person is careful about Lashon Hora, again, his Torah will be accepted. Now, moving on to Yod Aleph, Perak Yod Aleph, chapter 11. So there are benefits, many benefits that come with guarding your tongue, with Shemir Lashon. First, you protect you protect yourself from the punishments of Lashon Hora. As I've talked about in previous podcasts, tremendous punishments that come with Lashon Hora, and you protect yourself if you don't speak that Lashon Hora from those punishments. Second, you have a guaranteed reward for all the mitzvahs that you do, do with your mouth. That If you speak Lashon Hora, one of the consequences is your mouth isn't effective when you try to do mitzvahs with it. However, if you don't speak Lashon Hora, your mouth is effective. Third, um, you get the title of an ish, of, of a man, why? Because as I said, a man, a, a, what makes a human a human is their speech. So when a person gets a title of a man, it's saying he's not an animal. He's a man. He's a human being. And when you use your speech effectively, you are considered someone that is able to use their mouth for a productive purpose, and you're considered a human being then. Um, and the speech of Rishayim, of evil people, are like an ocean. Why? Because an ocean spits out debris, so too an evil person, their mouth spits out kind of this disgusting debris of hurtful things. Fourth, the fourth positive benefit of guarding your tongue is is the fact that you're ju- you, in a fundamental part of keeping the laws of, of Lashon Hora is that you have to judge others favorably. And why is this so important? Because once you judge others favorably, then others will judge you favorably, and even God himself if you judge others favorably, God himself will judge you favorably. 
Um, Zohar and Parshat Chukah says that show, uh, someone that guards their tongue, tongue is Zoha to wear holy clothing, not just literal clothing, but kind of more, um, they, they guard themselves in holiness. In holiness. Um, and the Mechilta says that if Hashem rewards the dog with the nevela, with the, with the, you know, a dead animal for something that wasn't shechted properly, if the dog is rewarded uh, those animals just because they kept quiet in Mitzrayim when the Jews were leaving Egypt, then Kovachomer, all the more so that humans should get reward when they are able to keep their mouths shut. Now, um, every rega, every single instant that a person is able to close his mouth and refrain from speaking Lashon Hora merits a radiance, a beautifulness, um, great things that, you know, a, a radiance of Hashem that even is beyond the comprehension of angels. And if you, you also, by refraining from Lashon Hora, you stay away from the um, sort of an eternal Gehenna, an eternal hell, because as I spoke about before, that Gehenna is usually a way to heal your sins, but there's something so bad about Lashon Hora that even Gehenna can't totally fix it. Now, uh, no Lashon Hora can cause, uh, you know, that that um, without speaking Lashon Hora and by only speaking good things, it leads to peace. And people in turn will trust you if you're trustworthy, if you don't speak Lashon Hora about them and they'll avoid jealousy. The opposite's also true, that a person that speaks Lashon Hora will ultimately have no real friends. And a proof for this is in Sanhedrin 29a, that false um, false witnesses will be hated even by the people that pay them off to swear falsely on their behalf. So it's saying that basically, why is that? It's because then you figure, well, if they're just willing to kind of get paid and speak falsely, they're likely to get paid by someone else and speak falsely about me. So kind of even those that you're speaking for, you know, you know, you're, you, the, these witnesses spoke falsely on that person's, you know, on someone's behalf because they were paid by that person. Nonetheless, that person that paid them will still come to hate them because they're going to view them not as trustworthy. So someone that speaks flesh and horror will really have no real friends. And obviously the opposite is also true. Someone that speaks good things will have many friends and will avoid jealousy because they judge others favorably. Now, Shalom, the power of peace, can even overcome a Vodazara. Um, and for, uh, Shalom is, of course, one of the names of God. And those that owe, um, that owe others but still speak well of them are called Shalom. So even if, even if you owe others or, or they owe you and you are still able to speak well about them, then um, you are called, have this great title of Shalom. Now, Shalom, why is it so great? So the Chavetz Chaim explains that Hashem didn't tell Avraham and Sarah, sorry, until Hashem didn't tell Avraham that Sarah said to God, you know, my husband's too old to have a kid. Uh, Avraham just, sorry, Hashem just told uh, Avraham half the truth, that Sarah also said, I'm too old. She, uh, Sarah said, my husband's too old and I'm too old. And Hashem only relayed half that information because of the power of peace, it's worth to kind of edit history a little bit to increase um, peace. Now, Shalom is so great that before a war, we are commanded to first go and ask for peace. And that's in uh, Devarim. And uh, also we have at the end of the prayer that the Kohanim give that says, Vayasim l'cha Shalom. And uh, something interesting from Rabbi Leibowitz from YU, Rabbi Leibowitz says that, what does Vayasim l'cha Shalom mean? The word Vayasim means like to settle. 
Um, and the Rabbi Leibowitz says that by Asim, why that word is chosen is because when the ashes were settled on the Mizbeach, on the, on the altar in the Beit HaMikdash, the ashes were supposed to be settled together in one place. Um, and also, so, and, and basically, um, the interesting thing about that is that normally when times are good, when we're all settled, when we're all kind of settled together, it's very unlikely that, you know, we're going to get along very much. So it's saying even in those times when things are good, Revy Leibowitz says, even in the times when things are good and we're all together, even in those times, we should still, you know, we should still hopefully have peace. Now, we also see Yavarech Esamova Shalom. Um, bless the people with peace. Just throughout all of our liturgy, peace is a main is a main function. And of course, peace ultimately comes from, you know, refraining from speaking lashon hara and judging others favorably. Now, in Brachot seventeen a, Yochanan ben Zakkai always greeted other people first with with their you know with with peace, uh, even a non Jew. But even for a non Jew, you should say shalom aleichem that that peace should be on you. Now, even if a person that you hate. Uh, you should still judge, you know, you should still greet that person with peace. Why? Because ultimately it will lead to love. And those that don't give peace back, you know, if you say Shalom Aleichem to someone and they don't give it back to you, then the Chavetz Chaim says that those, that person will become subordinate to you. What's an example of this? David HaMelech tried to offer peace to Shaul, but Shaul in turn tried to kill David. And so Hashem put Shaul with David so that David could kill him if he wanted to. However, David valued peace so much that even those two times that Hashem put Shaul kind of at, in the hands of David, nonetheless, uh, David refrained from hurting him because he wanted to, you know, because he ultimately just wanted peace. Now, even you could even overlook personal and financial slights for peace, that sometimes in order to get peace, you have to kind of give up some of your own honor, some of your own even financial, even money, or even, you know, personal, uh, how you're viewed in society. But if you're willing to give that up for peace, the tremendous things will come from that. For example, Hashem separated, I'm sorry, Avraham separated from Lot, even though Lot was 100% in the wrong, Lot was eating his, Lot was coming into his property and eating his grass. Nonetheless, Avraham, for the name of peace, said, you know what, I'll leave you and you can pick wherever you want. Um, now, what does Rodev Shalom mean? What does someone that chases after peace, what does that mean? So it's, it's when a person offers peace, even to those people that they have some animosity towards, some strife, some some, uh, you know, some issue. And if they're able to overlook those slights, that person is called a Rodif Shalom. Moshe, for example, went to Datan and Viram, the two famous people that were always kind of on Moshe's nerves, always trying to stir the pot. Nonetheless, Moshe went out to them to try to offer peace in the story of Korach. Now in Shabbos 23b, it says that um, when you have the choice either between, if you only have money, to, for either wine for Kiddush or a candle for lighting. Which one do you use? You ultimately, you buy the candle for lighting. Why? Because light brings peace, brings Shalom bias. So because it brings peace, we value that more. Now, another example of how peace is important. Uh, if you have an empty water jug, a bunch of empty water jugs, the one that's closest to the water source is filled first. Um, because so that what sort of in theory, that's basically so that water jug won't feel slighted if you if you were to skip it. Another example is the order that we have for Torah readings: Kohen, Levi, Yisro. That basically that the Kohen and Leviim, the Kohanim and Leviim, don't get jealous at uh, 
at somebody else taking their, their spot. Now, peace even comes before Hashem. What's an example of that? Yitro and Moshe, they ex first extend peace to each other before they speak about the miracles that Hashem did for them in Egypt. Uh, now, uh, a rasha, a wicked person, is rewarded in this world to a certain degree with money, with praise, with honor. However, they're never rewarded with peace, that a wicked person never lives a peaceful life. Now, uh, speech causes a person to come uh, to, to come close to Hashem. For example, Yeshaya says, I created lips, shalom, shalom to those far and near. So even for those that are in Bali Tshuva or not, not even uh, Jewish at all, that sometimes the power of speech and the power of peace can cause those that are even far to come near. Uh, Torah is given, leave was given, you know, when the Torah was given in our Sinai, it was given, of course, the famous line from Rashi, Levechad, Yishachad, that is, it was a single person, or Yishachad, Levechad, a single person, a single heart, was all given, you know, because they were all together. And the world endures because of three things. Um, din, Emmet, which is judgment, truth, and ultimately shalom and peace. So peace is a tremendous function of that. Now, shalom brings better crops. For example, Zacharias says shalom brings out the dew and it brings out produce. Um, there's a certain law, a certain prohibition to erase. You're not allowed to erase Hashem's name. However, for peace, even Hashem himself is willing to erase his name. When, he, when the sota waters, you erase God's name in order to bring peace between the couple. Now, in um, it, it's also called, a, a, appropriate for this time of year, Sukkot Shalom, the, the, the Sukkah of Peace. Um, and, uh, you know, other examples of this in Davening is Ose Shalom, Sim Shalom, etc. It's all throughout Davening, uh, talking about peace, uh, talking about Shalom. Now, there's no end to the reward that we can get when we choose peace, when we're a Rodev Shalom. In Tainus 22a, Rabbi Baroka is in the Shuk, and he sees Eliyahu Anavi. And Eliyahu Anavi comes to him and asks Rabbi Baroka, who here is going to have the schus, is going to have the privilege of going to Olam Abba, the future world? And uh, Rabbi Baroka says, well, I don't see anyone. And then in walks two, two comedians, two jokesters. And Eliyahu Anavi says, those two guys are going to go to Olam Abba. And uh, Rabbi Baroka says, well, who are you? Who, what, what job do you do? And they say, we bring, we bring sad people to happiness. We change someone's sadness into happiness. And because that's their power, because they use their speech in that way, then they get the reward of going to uh, Olav Abba. Now, there's a mushal, uh, a story here that a king whose son is depressed in another city, that king would be so thankful to someone in that city that would be able to uplift and bring that son out of depression. And so too, God is appreciative when we are able to bring those, you know, sad people around us uh, into, into happiness. Now, there's a certain Sephardi custom to read, um, to read this, this uh, certain line that first you spread shalom, and then once you spread shalom, that leads to love. Once you spread love, that leads to friendship. Once you get to friendship, that leads to the end of sinachinam, the end of baseless hatred, and ultimately... Um, once you, you know, then that leads to the removal of Galus, removal of exile, and that ultimately leads to Moshiach. Okay, to recap what I spoke about, so I covered two different chapters here in Shar Hazachiria in uh, Sefer Shemir Halashon. First is the chapter Yud, Perak Yud. 
uh, which speaks about the incredible merit that we get to guard our mouth. For example, speech is really the most powerful tool given to humanity. And Torah and tefillah from speech, um, you know, Torah and tefillah, that ultimately comes from our speech. So speech has this tremendous power, and it's called a tool by Chazal. It's called umanut. And tool, what's interesting about tools is that they're essential for creating beautiful things, that even a king that has a craftsman that's very talented, if he's using defective tools, ultimately his final product's going to be defective. So too for us, that when we use our mouths in, to speak Lashon Hora, our words of Torah, our words of prayer are not going to be as efficacious. Now, a speech exists to praise Hashem, to learn Torah, so and our words can kind of have this power of even creating defense attorneys for us in heaven uh, to defend us. And But if we use our mouths correctly, now the degree of holiness is dependent on a couple things. One is the preparation that we do to for each mitzvah, the more we prepare, the better. And second is the tools that we're using for each mitzvah, our mouths, are our mouths being used only for good things. Now, if our mouths are being used for good things, then as a result, the tefillah, the prayer that we do will be accepted. However, if Lashon Hor is spoken, there will be no, you know, our mouths won't have this power and we, it won't be efficacious when we try to pray. Now, if a servant of a king um, served the king in filthy, dirty clothing, that king would be disgusted by this person. And so too, God is disgusted when we use our mouths for Lashon Horav and then at the same time try to try to praise God. Now, the Kohen Gadol's me'il, his robe, is compared to speech. Why? Because the me'il was only used for avoda, um, was only used for service. And so too, our mouths should only be used for uh, good things, for, for serving God. Now, Yerushalmi in Brachos says that it'd be nice if it was possible to have two different mouths. One mouth for speaking words of Torah and a different mouth for speaking normal things, for saying, you know, can you pass the, the ketchup? Now, um, now the Chavetz Chaim says in Kovachomer, especially if we use our mouth for bad things, for speaking Lush and Hora, it's even worse than, you know, than speaking something about just general things, can you pass the ketchup? So, so too, we should, you know, if we speak bad things with that same mouth that we try to praise God for, that's contradictory. Now, in Kohelet, it says, Mi yachol asher yivto. Who can fix that which was made crooked? So unlike humans that, sorry, unlike, unlike human being, you know, human being created things that can ultimately be repaired by a repairman, uh, Hashem's gifts to us, like the mouth, cannot be totally fixed if we use it for Lashon Hora. Now, one, the, one, a person that's careful about Lashon Hora, his Torah will ultimately be accepted. Now, moving to, uh, to recap what I spoke about in Yod Aleph. So the benefits of Shemir Lashon are many-fold. For example, you're protected from punishments, the punishments that you would get for Lashon Hora. Second, you're guaranteed reward for all of the mitzvahs that you do with your mouth because you're not guaranteed that reward if you speak Lashon Hora with your mouth. Um, third, you get the title of Ish as a person, a man. Why? Because a person is most well known for their speech. That um, that if we are known, you know, what separates a person from an animal is our speech. So if we're known for our speech, we get the title of Ish. And our, the speech of Rashaim are like an ocean. Why? Because an ocean speaks out, spits out debris. So too, wicked people, they spit out debris from their mouths. Fourth, the idea of of judging others favorably. When we judge others favorably, in return, we will be judged favorably by others and even by God himself. Now, the Zohar in Parshat Chukas says that um, a person that guards his tongue is Zohar, will merit to wear basically to guard himself in clothing of holiness, not literal clothing, but just uh, a holy, a whole, you know, to 
to sort of shine with holiness. Now the Bechilta says that Hashem rewards, if, the, if Hashem rewards the dog with a piece of meat, because a dog's kept quiet in Mitzrayim, Kovachomer, all the more so humans will get even a bigger reward for being able to keep quiet in the face of Lashonora. Now every rega, every second that a person closes his mouth, he merits a radiance of God that's even beyond angels' comprehension. And uh, also that by refraining from Lashon Hora, you stay away from sort of an eternal Gehenna, an eternal hell, because hell, Gehenna ultimately is to cleanse a person. However, Lashon Hora cannot easily be cleansed. So if we stay away from Lashon Hora, though, we won't have to be cleansed. Now, no um, Lashon Hora causes... Uh, so by, by refraining from Lashon Hora, it causes peace, it leads to peace. And people, in turn will trust you. If you refrain from Lashon Hora and you only speak positive about others, then they in turn will speak positive about you. And they'll, you know, also avoid jealousy. The opposite's also true, though. And if a person speaks Lashon Hora, they'll ultimately have no friends. An example of this is in Sanhedrin 29a, that people that are paid to be false witnesses, Ede uh, Sheker, they ultimately will, um, will these false witnesses, um, even the person that pays them will come to hate these false witnesses. Why? Because the person that pays them will say, well, gosh, if they're willing to, you know, if these false witnesses are willing to speak things that are not true just because I paid them, then it must be that once I'm done paying them, they're going to speak badly about me. So even those that are, you know, seem like they're on your team when you're speaking Lush and Hora, there's, you really have no basis, no friends. However, when you judge others favorably, you will. Now, Shalom can overcome Avodazara. Why? Um, because when you are, when everybody's together, when everybody's happy together, even bad things like a Vodazara, like idol worship, are kind of overlooked by God. Shalom, of course, is the name of God, uh, one of the names of God. And those that owe others but still speak well of them are called Shalom. Those that maybe are indebted to someone or the opposite that they owe that they owe you, and nonetheless you are still speak positively about them, you're called a Shalom. Now Shalom, it's so powerful. Why? Because Hashem told when 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 Sarah told Hashem that, you know, I'm too old to have a baby and my, my husband Avraham, he's too old to have a baby. When she when he relayed this information to Avraham, he left out the part that Sarah says that you you know that Avraham was too old. Why? For Shalom. Um, now, Shalom is so great that before a war, we have to first ask for peace. That's in Devarim. And we also see Bayasim Lecha Shalom. As I spoke about Rabbi Leibowitz uh, from YU spoke about that Bayasim means to settle. That even when we're settled, even when we're settled together, that's even all the more so. It's, you know, it's easy to be at peace when, you're, when, when someone's at war against you. You're, peace, you're at peace with everybody else. But when everything's good, it's even harder to be at peace, and that's ultimately the time we really need to work on that. Now, um, we also see different parts of davening um, talk about the importance of peace, that you should bless your people with peace. In Brachot 17a, it says, Yochanan ben Zakkai, he always greeted others, you know, he always greeted others with peace, even a non-Jew. Um, and if a person if you greet a person, uh, if if you hate if you hate someone yet you still greet them with peace, this ultimately will lead to love. And if a person um, that you offer peace to doesn't give peace back to you, uh, then they will ultimately become subordinate to you. An example of this is David Amelech. He tried to offer peace to Shaul, 
But when Sha but in turn Shaul didn't accept the peace and he actually even tried to kill David. So therefore Hashem put Shaul in kind of a vulnerable situation where David could have killed Shaul on two different occasions. Yet David valued peace so much that even those two occasions where he could have done something, you know, could have hurt Shaul, nonetheless he didn't because he wanted peace from him. Now you could if you could overlook personal and you know financial slights for peace. You know, tremendous things will happen. An example of this is Avraham. He separated from Lot. Lot ultimately was kind of taking advantage of him by, you know, by his his crops, Lot's Lot's uh, animals, eating Avraham's fields. Nonetheless, Avraham took the peaceful approach and said, "You know what? I'll leave you. You can, you can just have my land, and I'll leave to a different place." Now, what does Rodef Shalom mean? Someone that chases peace. What does that mean? It means that it's someone that offers peace even in times of strife. And he's able to overlook any of those negative things that 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 uh, you know any slights that that person was was dealt. Now Moshe, for an example, Moshe went to Datan Leviram, the two people that were always cause, causing ruckus, and nonetheless, in the story of Korach, Moshe tried to offer peace to them. In Shabbos twenty three b, if you have a choice between paying money for wine or money for lighting candles on Shabbat, you ultimately choose lighting candles. Why? Because it brings peace to the house. It brings shalom bias. Now, if you have empty water jugs, the closest water jug to the water source is ultimately filled first. Why? Again, because of peace. You want that water jug, so to speak, to feel more comfortable because it was closest to the water. You don't want to skip it over. So, too, the order of uh, of of the aliyahs is Kohen Levi Yisrael, so that everybody's happy. Now, peace proceeds. Peace even comes before God. An example of this is Yitro and Moshe. They extend peace to each other. Um, before they speak of the miracles in Egypt. Uh, now, a Russia, a wicked person, is rewarded in this world with either money, with respect, with kavod, etc., but never with peace. Speech causes a person to come close to God. For example, Yeshaya says, I created lips, shalom, shalom to those far and near. That if we use speech, if we use our mouth for good, for shalom, for peace, then even those that are far away will come near. Now, Torah was given... But once we're together, uh, it's much easier to accept Torah. Now the world endures for three things because of din, emet, and shalom. So shalom we see is a key piece. Shalom brings better crops. For example, Sakharia says shalom brings out dew and produce. There's a certain law, a certain prohibition to erase God's name. However, even God is willing to erase his own name in order to bring shalom bias. For an example of that is the sota waters, that we erase God's name in the Sota water in order to bring peace between couples. Now, uh, there's throughout davening, we see a lot of elements of peace, Sukkot Shalom, Ose Shalom, Sib Shalom, lots of different elements of peace. And there's going to be no end for those that choose, uh, no no end to the reward for those that choose peace. Um, and, you know, a Rodev Shalom will get these tremendous things. And just one extra little point is, why is it called Sukkot Shalom? Why is it Sukkot Shalom? I heard a great idea from, a, a, a great idea that this idea that you know sukkahs don't have to be halakhically perfect. They could be uh, at the bottom. The walls don't have to be necessarily touching the ground. The schach doesn't necessarily have to cover the whole ceiling. Lots of different exceptions. Uh, the walls don't even have to be full walls, etc. The reason why it's not perfect is because peace itself isn't perfect. Sometimes you have to make compromises. Sometimes you have to give up things that are important to you in order to make peace. In Titus 22a, Rabbi Baroko was in the shuk and he saw Eliyahu Anavi. Eliyahu Anavi asks him, so who here is going to have the the schus, the merit of Olam Haba? And uh, Rabbi 
Baroka didn't see anybody. So then in walk two comedians, and Eliyahu Anavi says those two comedians they're gonna make they're gonna make it to the to the world to come. Why is this? It's because they bring sad they bring sad people to happiness. Uh, there's a marshal here that a king whose son is depressed and in another city, that king is gonna be indebted and so grateful to a person in that city that is able to bring happiness to his son. And so too, us, that when we're able to bring happiness to others, God is happy that uh, we're able to do such a thing. Now, there's a Sephardi custom to read that when we are able to spread shalom, that will lead to love and love will lead to friendship. Friendship will lead to the end of baseless hatred of Sinas Chinam. Uh, the end of Sinas Chinam will lead to the removal of Galos. And finally, once Galos is removed, that will ultimately lead to uh, Mashiach in the world to come. So with that, I'll read my poem. We should all know the power of peace. Our words can cause joy to increase. Language is a powerful tool. Judging others favorably is a good rule. And uh, with that, this has been uh, the the um, the Perak Yud and Perak Yud Aleph of Shara Zechiria and Shmer Alashon. And uh, have a good Yom Tov. And L'chaim, uh, L'chaim.